Sedano LZ, Cap with you here. What you need to know brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. By the way, if you missed earlier, our pal Cecil, or excuse me, Cecil, pardon me, Cecil Powell from Carson won 360 bucks today uh, with our daily giveaway. So tune in Monday at 430 and hopefully you hear n- your, your name, excuse me, and... I thought I had like a stroke there for a second. Um, <laughs> the way you can register to win the cash, because we have 180 bucks to give away on Monday, and if it, no one wins, it rolls over, hence why we gave 360 today. Uh, the easy way to register is this way. Text the word MISSION, that's M-I-S-S-I-O-N, to this number, 40705. All right, time for what you need to know. Cap, what do you got? All right, let me say that we've been very, very high-level NBA basketball discussion thus far. So one thing we haven't gotten to this week, and it is Friday, you know, one of the biggest stories of the week in the NFL was Carson Wentz being traded from Philadelphia to Indianapolis. The Colts were looking for a quarterback because Phillip Rivers retired, and the head coach, Frank Reich of Indianapolis, was once the offensive coordinator early in the career of Wentz in Philadelphia. What's super interesting about this news is that most people thought the Rams were married to Jared Goff's contract. They thought that Philadelphia was married to Carson Wentz's contract. And the reality of the situation now, as taught by the Rams organization, everybody else around the league is, you're not married to these contracts You're not married to these players. If you don't like them anymore, you can find a way to get rid of them so long as you can find a dance partner. And for me, the most interesting part of it all is now, what does Houston do? What happens with Deshaun Watson? That, George Sedano, LZ Granderson, is what you need to know. Okay. Yeah, look, I don't I think look, LZ has talked about this with the NBA. I think the NFL has hit a level where contracts are no longer an impediment. I think that's the ba- basically the way that we look at it. Um, you know, you, you just have to find a dance partner, and maybe you have to sweeten the pot, right? We've seen that in the NBA, too, and I think the NFL has found itself uh, in that same area, basically, Elsie. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, I keep going back to it, but it just changed my entire worldview when Rashard Lewis's bad contract was able to get traded. You just need one. You just need one. And in the NFL, the one thing that Keyshawn drilled into my head over and over again, the NFL has a lot of guys who think they're really smart. And even though everyone else says this dude can't play, the NFL always has a head coach that goes, <laughs> I can get something out of him. You guys I, I, don't I know what you're doing. I can fix him. I can exactly. fix him. Yes. Exactly. Yes. So as long as you got guys who think they can fix him, you'll always have contracts that people will be willing to take on. You know, it's interesting, though, about this is everybody says, well, I don't really get it. So uh, Matthew Stafford wanted out of Detroit. Carson Wentz wanted out of Philadelphia. Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston. But why is he not being traded the way he's asking? And I would ask you guys this question. If I said to you you could have Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, or Deshaun Watson, who would you rather have of the four? Oh, my God. It's, I, I would Deshaun definitely Watson. have Deshaun of course. Watson. Yeah. And, yeah. and of course. therein lies the answer. If you're Houston – you will do anything you can possibly do to repair this relationship, even though he's out there publicly saying it can't be repaired. But eventually, Houston's going to get desperate and go, he's not going to play for us. We better find somebody. And there's a lot of teams that would like to have Deshaun Watson. Well, he, he took a picture this past weekend. He was down in Miami with Christian Wilkins, who was his teammate at Clemson, and they were down at Prime 112, which is like the big fancy steakhouse there on South Beach. 
Um, and he was there with a bunch of Dolphins players on Instagram. So, I mean, and they are one of the favorites. The Broncos have also crept up as one of the favorites now, too, in Carolina, obviously, after the Christian McCaffrey news came out that they would be willing to trade him and a bunch of first-rounders. So I, I think it's going to come down to those three um, because the Dolphins have a, a team on the rise. They have a, a player in Tua that they could also include in that deal with their picks. Um, Carolina does not have that young quarterback they can throw in there, and I don't think Drew Locke uh, is any anything that anyone necessarily covets, right? Like, Tua's only played a few games, so you don't really know what's there yet, and everyone, you know, he was taken in the top five for a reason. Drew Locke was a late-round pick. So I, I, I am curious to see how this all unfolds. LZ, I'll ask you before we get um, – Actually, you know what? Let's hold this. No, let's, let's, hold yeah, 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 let's get to Drew. Let, let's hold this. Let's hold this. We'll get back to that in a second. I see that Andrew Friedman is on the line, the president of your Los Angeles Dodgers, world champion Los mm-hmm. Angeles Dodgers, of course. So, Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time. I hope you and yours are all safe and healthy. Now, when you are referenced as world champion president Andrew Friedman, that certainly can't get old, can it? Definitely not. It's got a nice ring to it. I think uh, I may call in every day just for the intro. Uh, <laughs> love hearing it. And now the goal is next spring training for you to say two-time world champion, back-to-back world champion. How does your approach to team construction, and I'm assuming it's okay I call you Drew. If it's not, please tell me to stop calling you All Drew. All good. All righty. What is your approach towards free agency as a champion defending the crown as opposed to someone trying to acquire the crown? It's a good question. Um, I'm not sure I know the answer in that, you know, I think, um, you know, the, the amount of work and effort and energy from so many people that went in to winning a championship, us coming up short in previous years and, you know, having to kind of get back on the horse and try again and then to ultimately reach that. It's interesting how quickly after, you know, I went into the mindset of, okay, how do we stave off complacency? How do we, you know, continue to press with the talent that we have and the core that we have in place? You know, how do we continue to kind of push forward? And I read a great John Wooden uh, quote that I may butcher uh, off the cuff, but you'll get a sense for it, which is winning takes talent. And repeating takes heart and, you know, really resonated with me. And I think, you know, we do have a really special group of core players, but there's a lot of cautionary tales when you look back. I mean, no one has repeated as champ in, you know, close to 20 years and it's hard. And I do think that there are cautionary tales of teams who become complacent. And I think collectively we as a group are doing everything we can to make sure and stave that off. Andrew, uh, LZ asked if it's okay to call you Drew. Some people call you Drew. Is that right? Yep. Anybody call you Andy still? Nope, no, no okay. Andy. Yeah, see, Andy, Andy, you drop when you're, when you're an Andrew. Eventually you become an Andrew or a Drew. Let me ask you, what took so long to get the Justin Turner deal done? In reading through his comments, he said there were ups, there were downs. He thought for sure he would be back, then he didn't. So the question is, what took so long? It's a good question. Um, it felt like a really long time, um, you know, to us as well, and that we felt those ups and downs as well. And, 
Yeah, I think it's easy to sit here today and say, hey, if both sides really wanted it, what took so long? And I wish I could give you an answer. I don't really know um, other than, you know, kind of the natural flow of things. Our thing to JT and his agent at the very beginning of free agency was we really want JT to return um, and we'll be here. You're not going to read about us making some move if, something is getting somewhat close for us, we'll let you know. And we'll, you know, kind of ring the bell. But until that happens, we want to give Justin his space and his ability to go out and really vet the market. Because assuming he comes back, we want him to do it in a way where he feels really good about and, you know, has that confidence and conviction of coming back. And so, you know, I think just kind of going through everything, you know, JT just feeling his way out through the market and talking to different teams um, just took some time. And then, you know, by the time that his agent, Greg Ginsky, got to the point of saying, okay, let's really lock in, uh, you know, we were prepared to do that. Unfortunately, we're able to figure it out, but I'm with you. Um, quality of life would have been a lot better this winter had that happened <laughs> November 10th, but it didn't. And that's, you know, a lot of times in, free agency and over the winter things take longer than you'd like. And I'm not a patient person by nature, but free agency has taught me to be a little bit more. So Andrew Friedman, the president of your Los Angeles Dodgers world champion, Andrew Friedman and the world champion Dodgers with us here on Sedano LZ and cap. Um, So I know that bullpen keeps you up at night as it does pretty much every GM, but you and I and and LZ specifically a couple of years ago talked about this uh, on the show And now what you've got, though, is like 37 starters. So I feel like because of that, you probably have to put at least a couple of those in the bullpen. What does this rotation uh, look like, Andrew? Yeah, and and that's actually an interesting question of if you put starters in the bullpen, does it change my mindset of never feeling comfortable about a bullpen? But, um, yeah, we do have real starter depth right now which is awesome. I mean, coming off a 60-game season, going back into a marathon that is 162, and positioning yourself not only to win the division, but to be as strong as you can be heading into October, we know we're going to need more than five, whether it's seven, eight, nine, ten, we're not sure. Um, But just navigating this season uh, from a pitching standpoint is keeping us up at night and has been – you know, kind of front of mind for us all through the winter. And so having the depth we have is awesome in that we don't know exactly what it'll look like April 1st, but we do know that each of these guys is going to impact us in a starting role. And it's, you know, how to kind of navigate, you know, bites at a time, you know, two week, three week chunks at a time to keep our guys as frisky as possible and also keep our depth engaged and stretched out and in position to help us when things inevitably pop up. What's more stressful for you working on wall street or trying to navigate franchises in major league baseball? Uh, definitely this, um, <laughs> you know, it, the, there's a, such a public aspect to it, which is great. Uh, the day-to-day stakes is something that, I love, um, and I love it even more when we win, and I don't like it as much when we lose, but I love that daily kind of feedback. 
um, that I kind of thrive on. All right, let's talk about feedback for a moment, Andrew. Um, today, there's a report that there might be a way for fans, a limited number, to be there for baseball's opening day, particularly for the Dodgers, obviously. Can you give us any information? I mean, we always talk to you about team construction, but can you give us information about fans returning to Dodger Stadium and to baseball stadiums? Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of touched on it. It's just that there's some chance, um, and I think part of it is going to be what's the infection rate look like? You know, what does the world look like two, three, four weeks from now? That's going to go a long way towards determining it. Um, you know, as we're seeing schools opening up, um, you know, more so in the last week or two, um, you know, I think things are definitely trending that way and we're hopeful that it will be. And to the extent that, you know, we have some number of fans on opening day, it's just a great sign for LA County, for our area that we were in a position to be able to do so. So we are hopeful and it would be really nice to have some of that fan energy in our ballpark during these games. Andrew Friedman, the president of your world champion Los Angeles Dodgers with us here. Uh, Clayton Kershaw did an interview with the LA Times recently, and you know his family spoke in this interview as well, talking about the burden being lifted off of him. How palpable was that? I, I mean, look, he's been the rock for you guys for so long, but was it something that was palpable, the burden um, on him, because everybody focuses on him because he's arguably the greatest pitcher we've ever seen? Yeah, I, I do think so. Um, and it was interesting to hear him articulate it and it was hard for him I think to have the full appreciation of that burden until he won it and then to be able to compare that to before and um, you know I just one of the very first thoughts that popped in my mind when Julio struck out Adamas in that game was Kirsch and I think that's the case for a lot of people um, you know I think we all felt a great sense of relief and you know, really felt that uh, burden. And, you know, 1988, it had been a long time. And obviously we had heard a lot about it, um, rightfully so. And there were so many people that, you know, had worked together for years and years that were, came up just short. And just the desire to do it and bring a title back uh, to our unbelievable fans was something that was palpable. And, you know, and Kirsch kind of was the leader of that brigade in terms of, you know, the number of times he's been in the playoffs here and how much he wanted it. And so it was an amazing accomplishment in and of itself. But then also, you know, what it does in terms of, you know, just that final little cherry on top of Kirsch's legacy here. But hopefully we can add some more to it. Well, we start on one end of the pitching spectrum with Kershaw, but I would like to focus on the other end, which is the kids. What's the plan for Dustin May? What's the plan for Urias? Are these guys starters? Are they potential closers? Do you guys even know yet? Yeah, I mean, we're going to take spring training and really get into it and assess. And, you know, again, on one hand, we're coming off a 60-game season. So, you know, it's hard to expect these guys after that abbreviated season to just take down 200 innings. Um, but I am confident that Julio 
Dust and Tony Godson are going to start a lot of games for us, whether that's in the rotation April 1st or whether it's when something inevitably pops up. I'm not sure, but there's no doubt they're going to start games for us, and there's no doubt that all those guys are going to help us in October. And so then it's just about how we navigate through the season and keeping guys stretched out and continuing with their development and hopefully getting them to a point this year, innings-wise, where it's a really good jumping-off point for next year. So just just as a quick follow, as of right now, you don't expect them to be like, boom, like Walker Buehler, this is our starter, this is our starter for the whole season. It's still a wait-and-see space right now. Yeah, I'm just not sure yet. I mean, I think, um, you know, I think it's easy to see the guys that are definitely going to be in our rotation, and then there's others that we're just not sure what it will look like April 1st. That also assumes that we get through spring training with everyone healthy, and hopefully that happens. But, you know, we see a lot of times in the past that doesn't happen. Um, And so we feel really uniquely positioned to navigate that if something pops up. And if something doesn't pop up and it's a really good outcome through spring training, you know, we'll kind of figure out how to line up the five to start and then how to put our other guys in the best position to be ready when things will pop up. Like the only thing we know for sure is we're not going wire to wire with five starters. It's just, it's unheard of and uh, it's just not going to happen. We don't know how, when, and to whom uh, it will happen, but, we know it will, and so how can we be best positioned for all of these guys to take down starts and help us win games? All right, Andrew Friedman, last question, at least from this corner of this love triangle that's been throwing them at you so far here this afternoon, okay? Uh, what do you think about what's going on, the brewing competition coming from the San Diego Padres who had a monster offseason and then obviously just signed Tatis? There's been so much talk about the Padres wanting their shot at the Dodgers. What do you think about the competition to the South? Um, yeah, I mean, we've definitely, you know, taken notice, and they were a really good team last year, and they went out this winter and made themselves better, and it's great. Um, you know, you could argue that two of the top two or three teams in baseball are in the NL West this year, and I think that's a great thing for baseball. I think – you know, the 19 games we play against them will have a special kind of intensity to it. Um, and, you know, our mindset is we're going to do everything we can to stave them off and feel like, you know, we have the talent to do it. But as opposed to talking about it, you know, we'll we'll go out and hopefully do it. There he is, Andrew Friedman, the president, world champion president of your world champion Los Angeles Dodgers. Next time, Andrew, what we're going to do is we're going to bring you on to talk about like Wall Street bets, GameStop, and uh, Bitcoin, okay? So be ready for that (laughs) the next time that you're on, okay? Yeah, my day job's a little consuming, so I'm I'm pretty behind uh, the the – the times on that so i may need you guys to help me on it all right fair enough we'll have that conversation another day but thank you so much for taking time for us we certainly appreciate it congratulations again because you know what you're still the champs until dethroned so congrats best of luck this season and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon stay healthy stay safe really appreciate it guys always love coming on the show and look forward to the next time thanks brother there he is andrew friedman i love shabbat shalom my brother I, I could talk to that guy, no joke. L, I mean, LZ's heard me say this, Scott. I could talk to him for an hour 
about because he he his background is amazing, right? Like as yep. as as he kind of illustrated there uh, earlier. Um, obviously, his baseball prowess is incredible. I think he's the smartest guy in the sport. Um, it, and he just seems like such a regular dude, right? Like on top of that, which I think makes it even more awesome. Yeah. Yep. I, so, I like his on- answers actually seem to be like answers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's not trying to evade the question. No. Right. right. Yeah. So, um, all right. We got to take a break because we went a little long there uh, with Andrew Friedman, but we're certainly thankful that he is. Uh, he was joining us. We got a thing. I don't know if you guys realize this. We got a thing brewing with the Lakers, and I'll tell you what that thing is in three minutes. 